I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Ho, 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 everyone, I should say. Happy holidays. Do you believe in Santa, Amy? You know what? I was the kid <laughs> that told everyone that there was no Santa. I was what? that asshole. <laughs> How did you know there was no Santa? My mom had to be honest with me. I went up to her when of I was young. she I even... was. Janice. Janice is listening Janice. right now. <laughs> and I went to Janice, and I was like, Janice. <laughs> I didn't say Janice because I was like five or six. I was like, Mom, be honest with me. Is there really a Santa? And she, she had to be honest with me. She's like, I can't lie to my kid. I feel you, Janice. So she didn't lie to the kid. And so, but what, I did not, I don't know, Janice, did you forget to tell me not to tell the other kids? She probably was like, and guess what? There's no tooth fairy either. And you're like, no, <laughs> Easter Bunny. Easter Bunny. I, uh, That's yeah, a bummer. I told my neighbor friend that there was no Santa and her parents pulled me aside and they're like, Amy. You, it's okay if you don't believe in Santa, but my brother told me it's a dick move. And then I know I lost a tooth and put it under my pillow afterward. This is why I brought up the tooth fairy mm-hmm. and got money. And I was like, "See, there's still t- the tooth fairy." <laughs> and he's four years older than me. He was like, "No, bitch, no." <laughs> that was mom. But mom I, did I told people too. You and did. I got in trouble. That's why we're friends. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we we are truth speakers. We are the regulators. <laughs> We bring truth and justice to all. We run around and we're like, uh-uh, not on my watch. Nope, nope. Mm-mm. Well, we can- Janice, I respect your parenting. So when Janice you're listening to this, love you, Janice. You badass know, you know that parent. Anyway. If you all don't know who Janice is, you can look her up at W... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Seriously, go to purepleasureshop.com. Oh, this and- is true. That's very true. It's actually a, a sex shop, online sex shop that I own with my mother, and uh, her name is Janice, and she's awesome. And our listeners get fifteen percent off with coupon code Shameless Sex. In actually, doesn't need to be in all caps. I think now that we learned, but Shameless Sex. She's actually just one of the coolest humans out there. Uh-huh. Spent, we, when we remember when we did our mom trip last year mom around this trip. time. Yes, I got to spend some, this time. It was, and I had to spend some really quality time with Janice. And, and you're very similar to my mom, and I'm similar to your mom. Dude, we we probably <laughs> could swap moms, and no one would realize that we weren't from the moms that we swapped. I mean, because I'm, not, I'm a little too wild, though. Your mom would be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> really? <laughs> Chill, yeah. Come on, you think you're more wild than me? Well, I don't know. Maybe not. What? Wait, what are you talking about wild here? What kind of wild? You talking about like the orgy dome and stuff? Yeah, like orgy dome sex parties and... (laughs) I mean, but I could handle that. I just haven't chosen to. Let's change that. (laughs) You know what? I'm 2020 is going to be my year for sure. Is it your year of yes? I've already done that. And it's, it's been really wildly successful for me. So I might go back to the yes Yes. year. Although, I mean, I can't say, you know, I said no to anal for a long time and I'm back on that train. 
Not back. You, you're I'm on the, the train. I'm, yeah. ca- I'm the caboose. You're a re- you're regular on that train. So we were talking before we started recording, and you had some really beautiful things to share. And you're like, I want to tell the listeners. And I was like, tell All the right. listeners. And so you're like, oh, you're so making brief. me wait for things too. So, so I here. Well, I, t- I told you. I mean, I told you this already, and you you were probably like, I already know Amy. But uh, to our listeners, um, I didn't eye roll by the way. No, no, I didn't. Did I knew, no, no, no. I, I was like, really? <laughs> oh I, my god. Uh, no, but I, I mean, I have I have a feeling you already you were like that's not surprising um <laughs> without an eye roll and um so uh, as as everyone knows who has listened regularly actually my ex-partner was on the podcast uh and i was in a relationship for five and a half years and we broke up in april and i have been uh single and mingling and i'm in love now <laughs> and i'm announcing i've actually have been for like a week or two or something but it love is such an interesting thing and i wanted to comment on this this for a couple of reasons Number one, it feels fucking awesome. Number two, it's terrifying. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, number two. <laughs> Thank you, number two. I'm terrified. Uh, and it's such an interesting thing because I think everyone has a different process in how they feel it. And for me, the way I know that I'm uh, like in love with someone. Is Wait, I, can I guess what you're going to say and tell it? me if I'm right? Yes. The way that you uh, sleep with them at night. Nope. Or, oh, if you don't want them to leave. Nope. In the morning. Nope. Okay, I'm wrong. Damn it. Really? <laughs> no, those things are happen before right, if they, pre-love. If they scrub their streakers off the toilet, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, that, that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. It's so romantic. He came in, he cleaned my toilet. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I think I love you. <laughs> He's a keeper. <laughs> no. Erasers. The way for me, <laughs> erasers. By the way, erasers. You call April calls. She's always called like. <laughs> I can't. Okay. <laughs> the, little, the, little, the, the poop streaks in streakers. the toilet. Why is it erasers? Because you want to erase them. Oh. But if there's no toilet brush, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> this is in the conversation. We're getting of love. To, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a total such. No, so like, ro- but I'm wrong on both of the you're, things. You're completely wrong. What? Yeah, because all those things could happen pre-love. See, no matter how well you think you know someone, <laughs> you might not. For, for me, the, the for my process is, uh, and this is just my process. This isn't for everyone, right? Is that I I know I'm in love with someone when I just really want to tell them. I have this like burning desire. It keeps coming up for me too. Like. I just keep wanting to say this thing. And it's so, so funny because um, this, not funny, but it's it's awesome. This person that I, I am in love with, which is still hard to say because it's fucking scary. And they're probably listening. Hello. <laughs> um, um, they actually said, you know, they brought it up first. They were like, I keep telling you that I want, or well, I keep wanting to tell you that I am. Uh, I love you, but I'm afraid of scaring you away. Like, that's my exact process, you know? And, and um, so anyways, just that's an interesting. So, but what I wanted to comment on is what I'm seeing, and this happens with this, this whole process and all these other things, like any good things we talk about sharing things, going on trips together, or all these wonderful things that I genuinely want and I'm excited for. There's this part of me that like gets in my own way and doesn't, convey complete gratitude and excitement it's almost like trying to um withhold some of it on purpose i my conscious mind isn't doing it it's like this wounded part of me because it's a it's like i don't know why protecting yourself protecting it's like it's afraid it's like if i show you how excited i am that you love me or that you want to go do x y and z with me or that you care about me this much and then 
it all breaks down and then and, and then I I risk put so much at risk so I need to downplay it and I'm watching I'm just speaking to it I'm like yeah, I'm, I really genuinely I'm like super excited about this but there's this part of me that I can feel is like not allowing myself to fully go into it it's really frustrating it's obnoxious and I don't and but I, I mean what can I do other than speak to it and notice that it's there you're playing the game Amy I'm, I'm not trying to play I know a game. you're not I, I don't want to play I games. was just talking about this though it's hard when you're when it's the vulnerability of almost giving so much to someone and the fear that you could you could be hurt yeah. or you could have this pain it's it's hard mm-hmm. i'm guilty of the same thing and i think a lot of folks out there whether or not you're in a relationship for a few months or a few days or or weeks or years even sometimes being vulnerable is the hardest piece of being with someone yeah. and vulnerable. It doesn't have to be like sharing your deepest emotions. It could be that naked position that you're in that you, I don't know, feel like they're looking at you and, and it's not with love. Or it could be that thing you share about work that they're like, why did, would you do that or something? And, and be the vulnerable piece, it's really hard. Yeah. And I don't know, that's stuff that I think it's good to voice it. It's wonderful to share it. And that's part of it. We like, we, we have to, we, we don't have to, but, if we want deep connection and we want to advance in this world, we have to take risks, you know, and I, I, I'm such a, even though I've had my heart broken multiple times by different people, uh, it's a lot in this last relationship that I was in, you know, it didn't change. It didn't affect me in the way where I didn't believe in love anymore and I didn't trust, but it, there are some blocks that are, and you know, these, these actually do feel a little newer. Like they're, they feel like they're related to their last relationship. These ways that I, it's not like sabotaging, but it's just these ways where I can feel my system is like red alert, red alert. You must protect yourself. And it's just, it's, it's uh yeah i'm i'm hoping to get through it because i really want to just convey like oh my god i want my just feel in my heart and just share like oh my god and it just but it's so hard for me it's so scary so well the, and the fear of failing yes. or or not being met yeah. in the same ways or oh yeah we were talking about that before the podcast too about people being like you know to you about your partner is he your forever person this is true i i actually wanted to voice this because i was just i went up to san francisco today with one of my girlfriends who actually listened so if you're listening love you uh and one of our we were going to celebrate uh a engagement of one of uh our mutual friends and and I just brought up because both her and I are in relationships that hers has been a, a very long relationship, seven years, I believe, and mine's two and a half. So it's like newer. And I was talking to her about this this mentality of the forever mentality that I continually get questioned about if I want children or if I want marriage with this person. And my answer continues to be no and no. And people are like, oh, so why, why are you with him? Because you want to be a celibate hermit, like, I'm like what, but, what, but I'm happy and I'm enjoying myself and and I think that the the forever human thing is awesome, and I love when people find that connection, and I think that we also put so much pressure on ourselves to have this forever person the fairy tale, and it's and it doesn't have to be that way, and yeah. so it's not that I'm trying to leave my partner anytime soon or I'm waiting for something better to come along. I love and and enjoy every moment that I have with him and sometimes better than some some moments are better than others <laughs> for sure uh and I think that I would love to think or know or trust that I would be with him forever like the the security in that is amazing however that's not realistic for me it's not realistic and for, for and I I know that 
my shifts and changes are consistently happening. Th- that's the only consistent inconsistency is that things are the always consistency. changing. They're, they're always the changing. Yeah. So I don't know. I, uh, we might not align in five years from now and that's okay. But nobody knows. That. And you don't know that. No so one has that answer. It's, it's a false sense of safety. And I'm not trying to tell all of you in long-term relationships that you're all doomed, but I mean, this is what the podcast is about is making our own rules. And like, there's these rules for how, what relationships should be. You, everyone wants to find the forever person. Well, everyone wants I to thought have that my ex-husband was my forever person when I met him. And it turns out it didn't last forever, but it was the, it was so essential and beautiful for when it was. Mm-hmm. And that was my forever person for the length for of our time. relationship. Yeah. And that, that was something that I really called in and needed and, and I appreciate. And so even if this person that I'm currently with isn't my forever person or if he is, which I really hope, uh, either way I want to make it. So we're both raising each other's vibrations and doing the best we can to honor and love and respect Mm -hmm. each other and do things in a way that is our own. Mm -hmm. So he may not be my husband, Mm -hmm. but I love him too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was beautiful he's my partner okay? he's your partner and yeah. i like that yeah. so c- congratulations thanks to you, you. miss baldwin thanks i'm very and i'm very excited and i know i'm conveying like maybe you, you know, and i should just get married yeah and then we'll be like would we be baldwin lampert or lampert baldwin or maybe we should go bald lamp bald Bald, bald lamp. Bald. <laughs> I like the bald lamp because lamp win? it's lamp like win. a lamp without a shade. It's a bald lamp. <laughs> will you be Where my? You? Will you be my bald lamp we have forever? And they'll get made fun of in school. That's okay. Good old Robbie. We'll just have dogs and cats. <laughs> bald lamp. <laughs> Robbie, bald lamp. Uh, uh, I don't know why I why is a Robbie. Robbie? I don't know. I, Where did that come from? I'm not even having kids. So. I know me neither. But that's <laughs> Robbie bald lamp. Okay. Legend bald lamp. <laughs> We'd have to change his last He's name. He's gonna be made fun of a doggy daycare. No, he won't. Yeah, they're all gonna. Pick he on him. looks like an old man anyway. For right, everyone, we didn't even tell you what this fucking podcast is about, but oh, it's shit. not about love. <laughs> it's kind of about maybe having some love, love eventually. Yeah, and love. it's about folks that perhaps aren't the best in the love department. However, they can get there. It's specifically so. Okay, yeah, we do need to give you a little heads up on this. So. Trip Kramer, and we'll read the bio in a little bit. We're going to answer a sex question. We've got all kinds of fun things for you. Trip's awesome. Trip is awesome, and he has a podcast called How to Talk to Girls. You'll and a find YouTube out, channel. And a YouTube channel, and we ask him why it's girls and not women. Um, and he's educating uh, men, and he's it's very very heteronormative in the language, everyone. That's how he teaches us, not necessarily our model, but that's how, how he does what he does, who he speaks to. So he's teaching men uh, how to talk to women and it's for men who are really shy or afraid and they don't know how to approach women to date to flirt etc um, and he brought us on his podcast so you you go to his podcast that episode has been released i believe mm-hmm. april and i are on his podcast on the how to talk to girls podcast and now you get to hear him on ours ours and if you are of the vulva owning you know, branch, ba- branch of society. Um, I'm just going to throw in a Southern accent whenever I want tonight because I'm feeling it. Uh, it's because my friend that got engaged is from the South. Oh, so shout out to her. You're like a sponge. I'm a sponge. I soak that up. Uh, I, w- it is still beneficial to listen, even if you are a cis woman or a woman that is uh, identified with any orientation, because it's, I think this podcast was, I learned something actually 
remember I had a moment where I kind of spoke with him and was like, wow, you just blew my mind. And it's really yeah. difficult to blow my mind. My mind isn't blown that often. Yeah. I get a few things blown, but it's not my mind. It, it's so different than any episode we've ever done. We, and, and we also, we, April and I usually don't, do not invite people that speak with heteronormative language on our podcast for, for that reason, because we want it to keep it as inclusive as possible. And, but so for me, I personally had very challenging moments with the generalizations that he was making about things. And there's some really important stuff there. It's applicable. It makes sense. I personally don't love generalizations and he knows his shit. Well, this is the thing. Cause we had a talk about this before we actually recorded with him because we were unsure if it would fit with our, and we're like, what are we going to do? We're going to call him out. Yeah. We're like, yeah, trip. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> but it actually didn't happen at all no. like that because we learned that he is, he has good intentions. He has not only good intentions, but it's actually a, a really important pro- work process that he's doing for other folks. And he has some systems in place that I think are necessary. And I think yeah. that they are. It's important work. So it might not be the, in the same context of, of what we're doing. And it's great to have people that aren't always inside the same box that you live in. I think people are going to love it. I think they are, too. Yeah. I would stay tuned. So yeah, let's do up. the sex question. All right. right. Well, but first, before oh. the sex question. Because the sex question, though, I'm, I'm excited about it. But OK, sorry. Okay, so someone wrote in this, this an, an email to us. And, and I they, don't know about it. It's titled New Barry for April. Remember, it, Barry, if you just turned tuned in, it was my five year old favorite stuffed animal that I actually started humping when I was five, maybe five and a half years old. I started humping Barry and she had this flannel dress and I had her for a long time and then she disappeared in a move when my mom divorced her second husband. So Barry left you for some other lady. Yeah. She- and it had a smushed up nose because I always humped that thing. You the nose? Yeah, dude. It was a soft nose. <laughs> oh, because it was, that was the part that your genitals really like to rub against. I guess it was the only raised part that gave me enough friction. Yep. Those anyway, bits, so what's about like, what? What? So we so can't read that yet. This listener said, <laughs> "I found this huggable massager at Walmart, and it immediately made me think of April and Barry. It won't let me paste the link for some reason, but <laughs> look up Health Touch Huggable Massager, and you will crack up. It's a vibrating teddy bear. Uh, some P. Oh, it's a vibrating teddy bear. P.S. I love listening to you guys, and I've learned so much from you. I know how April loves to focus on her clit while playing with a partner <laughs> or solo, and I never knew that it was common to really enjoy that. I'm the same way. Oh, yay, I just friend. thought it was adorable. That, that is adorable. A- and you know what? Like I'm going to Google or actually click on the, the Barry? non-existent Barry link. Barry 2.0? The Barry 2.0. I'm just addicted to my toys that i currently use i mean i don't think this is this probably is not an awesome sex toy at all but it's just funny (laughs) so yesterday my partner brought home the massage gun have you ever heard of that what the hell is it's it's supposed to bring up the the break up the fascia tissue the fascia the fascia fascia. so it actually really works but i tried it for a minute on On my genitals on my genitals with pain over over my 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 leggings um, I don't think I have fashion on my click because it hurt. And I was like, Brrr. I was like, ah. And then, it, but when I put it on, because my pectorals are really tight, I got tight pectorals. Ooh, me too. So it helped so much. This thing is awesome. I guess it was like a hundred bucks. And can this I come is over not a shameless your plug. man work on my breasts? Well, I can work on your breasts for you, but he could do if you want. You want your man to work on my breasts? 
He could. Well, the <laughs> machine would do most of the work, but it doesn't numb you out. We're going to get wild this year. We could, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm fine with I'm it. I'm fucking kidding. Um, well, no, I'd like to try Hello, it. I met him because you guys did get wild with That's him. That's true. I did test that Amy's out. a gusher. <laughs> I, le- <laughs> I learned that through my partner. <laughs> oh, if you just geez. are tuning into our show for the first time, listen to We're episode three. <laughs> awesome humans. All right. Next oh, question. God. Okay. It's a little long, but uh, it's a good one. So is our life. <sighs> Everything's long. Hopefully. My husband worked out of town for a total of 7.5 weeks. We had sexy FaceTime twice a week and both of us would get off. I traveled to see him in the beginning of November. This is a new sex question, by the way. It just happened. Mm-hmm. When they went to North Carolina, we had amazing sex. He just came home on a Tuesday and had been talking about us downloading apps that we were going to do together for our marriage to make us stronger. I think it's like a sexy app or something. I don't know. Did we they say, t- yeah? Uh, so we had talked. He So we had talked about it. He gave me his phone, and I told he told me to download it and set it up. He fell asleep while I was doing that, and I noticed that he had an app on there that had been added and deleted, and it was a dating app. His profile said nothing about being married, nothing about having kids, nothing about his life, just that he was away on work and looking for someone to talk to and hang out with. So I confronted him about it, not only because I was it was a dating app, but because he was messaging other women on there telling them that they are beautiful, sexy, look fun to hang out with, etc. And it hurt. I voiced it and he made me feel crazy. That it wasn't a big deal and he didn't want that, that he didn't do anything wrong. But in my eyes, it was wrong because I know deep down that he wouldn't like me saying that to other men and he would more than likely leave me. So my question for you all is, do you think deleting is cheating? Would you be OK with your husband if you were married telling other women all these things and they'd be fun to that they'd be fun to hang out with? Because to me, a married man hanging out with a woman that he doesn't really know in a hotel room with alcohol in another state is just going to put himself and our marriage in a really fucked up situation. He has been very apologetic and has tried to sway me to have sex because he knows I can't contain myself because I'm always horny. I have made him get tested and it came back negative, which is great. It just hurt and I need advice. I have woo. so much to say about this. <laughs> yeah, I like the woo. woo. So I'm with a deleter. You're with a deleter? I'm with a fucking deleter and oh, it's made me a little shit. crazy from time to time because... There have there have been deleter was a thing by the way, but uh, uh, it's a uh, thing. No, I mean oh, it was a, it's thing, a thing, but I didn't know there was a name for well, it. But I, I like this. Well, I'm just I don't know if it's the no, name is a thing. Yeah, what I'm like yeah. deeming it. However, I I I am really triggered by this whole uh, question because it's I like for some reason it makes my blood boil because like it, hits close to home. it it does hit close to home and. Obviously, I'm a person that was guilty of of, uh, being out of integrity and lying and cheating on my now ex-husband. And I've chosen to have this whole newborn relationship and and feel that uh, I would do the best possible like to actually be honest and if i'm feeling like i want to go out of the relationship and i'm not feeling fulfilled in certain ways to communicate that however i will say that it's not so easy to do and the fact is you've been with this person a long time you really care about them they're deleting stuff and they're uh, traveling for work the the thing about relationships is that they're just really a lot of work. And when you're out of town, it's so hard to maintain 
the the love when it's just digital. It's, it's, I mean, it's a flesh she, and blood thing. Sounds like she thought that, what I'm getting. She's like she thought it was all good. Like we were having sexy time. All this it, everything yeah. was all good. And then I see that he's doing these other things with so these the other, whole making me feel crazy thing. Well, oh, the gaslighting. Yes, gaslighting. So you have to be careful. So I would say my my advice, and obviously, I think that Amy will probably have a bit of a more uh, therapeutic <laughs> version of what I want to say. I would just say that uh, the deleting part is really hard for me. And I can't, I can't honestly tell you as a listener that I, that I'm like, Oh, that's okay. Or fucking leave him. There's like, for me, I say, follow your heart. If you really love this person, and you're invested in, in your relationship with them and you really adore them try to figure out and, and what I've done with my partner is I'm like, Hey, the deleting thing is not going away. And he says he does it for other reasons that are outside of like him being shady, obviously, because <laughs> no one would admit to being a shade ball. Uh, he <laughs> no. says there, there's other reasons out there, which tend to be, uh, related to, you know, business and, and certain things. So that being said, um, I still have been like, I'm not a deleter. I like to have all the things always captured somewhere. If you really feel that he, or I'm sorry, they, I, he. or he is, is, um, lying about whatever is going on, uh, and isn't showing up for you in some, in some ways that you want, or that he's going out of the relationship and not telling you all the truth. And that's something that hopefully you can address with him. And, um, if it's still something and it's continuously breaking the trust train that you have with this person, then perhaps it's time to, uh, either get help from a therapist to figure out why they're choosing to go outside of the relationship that you've built, especially if you're not opening to explore any open situations or, you know, a polyamorous situation or an open, do not, don't, don't ask, don't tell or a monogamous situation. Um, and if that's not your cup of tea, then they're, and they're not willing to explore like a therapist thing, then, uh, I don't know, then maybe it's time to bow down, delete your husband, delete your husband. <laughs> uh, and that's not so easy. That's not an easy thing to do or say to press a button and work. no, and my partner. So I've, I've accepted the deletion and I don't believe he's deleting apps. I know he's deleting texts and other things. And I even asked him like, do you delete the stuff that I send you? He's like, sometimes I'm like, really? I'm like, that's weird. So I don't know. Regardless, that's just, but that's my stuff. Yeah. That's the stuff that me and he thinks is okay. So I've chosen to, to believe that he's not choosing to do anything. Uh, but I also haven't caught him in anything like this. Like I haven't caught him in any dating mm -hmm. apps or anything. He doesn't use apps for any like dating apps. He's never been on social media in his life. So there you go. So, okay. Sorry, I turned it around about me, but do no, you, do no, you feel fine. like what I said? I mean, do you, do no, you understand what I said? Totally. I totally okay. understand what you're, going, what you're saying. And I think, I mean, we can take this down a layer. Like you're asking if deleting is cheating. Cheating is everyone gets to define that for themselves. There's not one rule for cheating. And I think that cheating can be all kinds of things. Like I cheat. I think I said this in our very first episode and I, the man that I actually cheated on who, who in the episode I was talking about cheating on him, he actually listened to it later and he didn't know about it. So sorry. If you're Foot in mouth disease. Yeah. I get that often. I'm into it. I'm like, all right, I got to own it. And so I owned it, but um, I had an email love affair with someone we didn't touch. You know, we, we finally did like way later, but we, it was just, and, and so why is that? any better than us having sex. It was very emotional. I was very involved and captivated by it. And there, so I don't think that 
There is one way to cheat. Um, my ex-husband, the, the affair that I had, I never had sex with the person. Yeah, so we that ju- was I so never did. This is a justification did. system. Exactly, the justification system. We are all really good at it. Maybe not all of us, but I certainly am of justifying why it's okay for me to do X because because um, you're Judge Judy with your gavel. Like, yeah, well, it's okay because it's not why. You know, it's yeah. okay for me to do this because I'm not doing this other thing. Or it's okay for me to do this because this person's doing this other thing. And there's no hierarchy, right? Right, like. There, whatever to you cheating can be sex to you cheating can be flirting to you cheating can be i email this person every single day or we text message or i'm on a dating app and i'm telling women that they're beautiful but this woman is also saying he was in it sounds like he was in a hotel room drinking alcohol was another woman at any rate is deleting cheating it's not about deleting to me it's about that clearly he has desires and intentions that are outside of your arrangement and it's either a time to renegotiate your arrangement or like April said, go to a therapist and get down to the source of what's really happening there. Because the gaslighting that you're speaking to him, making you feel crazy and tell you it shouldn't be a big deal. That's bullshit. That's gaslighting. That's manipulation. And that's not healthy for either of you. And he might not be trying to do that, but um, it's not it's it, it, fuck, it will fuck you up. Um, so you're what what you're dealing with something is beyond like deleting aside. Some shit went down. He had intentions. He wanted to connect with other people. It's not part of your arrangement. Um, and, and you know, and I'm not saying that that's not necessarily a terrible thing. Like Esther Perel talks about this all the time, that people are seeking aliveness, long-term relationships. People, Just because you're married doesn't mean you own that person. Yeah. Or and people want newness and they want to feel wanted and desired. And so, like, maybe this is a time for you to, to, to figure out how, what is, how do you make each other feel wanted and desired in ways that feel new. And, you know, there's, there's so much possibility here. But the gap Gaslighting and lying and, you know, things that are out of integrity, it sounds like it's not cool with you. And um, and so that's the thing that you, I think, that should should speak to and clear up and do not brush this under the rug and do not give in to the gaslighting. Like, there's some real stuff going on And when on the trust gets damaged, which it sounds like it's a little bit on the brink of being damaged if it hasn't been, with the, the, the gaslighting, as Amy commented on, uh, that's a huge piece, which is going to need some work. Now, you're going to have to choose. Okay, am I going to stay with this human that I love that perhaps did cheat on me in this way and redefine a relationship, or, uh, or am I going to look at maybe what the triggers were to to uh, have this uh, change or this uh, this partnership go in this direction? Because it's not always just one sided. It's typically there's other stuff. Yeah, there's there's, it's, there's, there's two there. people in the relationship. Yeah that you know of and maybe it's time to like ask the questions that aren't not like why did you do this but like hey what's going on it's never just the 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 work of only one human what's working what's not working what needs are you do you have or desires that aren't getting met here or maybe they are but you want something outside of this already there's 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 work so therapy go get support don't do this on your own Thank Eric you for writing us. And I bet so many of our listeners can relate to this because so many people have either cheated or been cheated on. It's so common. And it doesn't matter whether they touched or not, they touched someone else. Like it's all can be under the umbrella of cheating should you choose to look at it that way. It's about how it feels for you. I cheat on uh, my partner with my vibrator like every day. The nemesis. Damn it. <sighs> you, you but is that cheating really? No, because I consider it to be you tell him and he's like, Xanax for my pussy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's a good... It's relaxation, okay? Seriously. Sometimes my dog's in the room and looks at me and then he's all disgusted. I feel like he's like, oh. I can't believe you're doing that. I can't believe you're doing that. using the nemesis again. If I used a berry looking 
device, he would be he'd so be, mad. He'd be super jealous. He'd probably yeah. come and try to have sex with you. He probably that. would, like, which is oh, not. I'm not saying there's a chance. My son. All right, you all ready to hear about Trip Kramer? So, uh, yes, I'm still sick, by the way. What it's, about the erotica? That happens after. Oh, damn it. <laughs> but that's cool. Trip Kramer is an international dating coach for men. He created his TED system to help shy men confidently attract the women they desire. In his earlier years, he was a shy guy who figured out through trial and error how to get better and meeting, dating, and finding the right type of women for you. He currently has a popular podcast on iTunes called How to Talk to Girls and has a book called Magnetic, which teaches all his secrets on dating and attraction. To learn more, visit www, just kidding, tripadvice.com. That's T-R-I-P-P advice.com. Go check it out. But first, you will listen to the podcast. And first, before you do that, we want to talk about Dipsy. Dipsy is an online app, and I recommend it to all my clients. We constantly get emails from listeners, uh, a lot of female-identified folks, who say, I don't feel desire. I don't feel passion. I don't. I want to feel more in my body. And we are all about embodied practices to feel that desire. And Dipsy really gives our listeners that. So they can get turned on anytime they want to feel that fire just by listening to these erotic stories. Our listeners and clients like it. April, what do you love about Dipsy? I actually recommended this just two weeks ago to one of my closest friends. She knows who she is because she's probably listening right now. She's in a relationship for, I think, now 18 years with her partner. They have two kids. And she said it's totally changed their sex life. They were, you know, reaching that stagnation stage. They have screaming children and they're tired at night. And they'll put on this little erotic scene that creates so much openness for exploration. And it's turned up the heat in their life. And Dipsy just made tapping into your arousal even easier by offering our listeners a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash shameless. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com backslash shameless. And now on to the show. All right, everyone, it is episode time. You already heard the bio for the wonderful Trip Kramer. Uh, I don't know if we talked about this in our intro, but we are also going on Trip's podcast. Uh, so if you fall in love with Trip and you want to go and listen and you want to hear us again, because we'll have a whole different topic, you can jump over there. Or maybe you don't want to listen to us, but you just want to listen to Trip. Uh, it's the How to Talk to Girls podcast. Welcome to Shameless Sex Trip. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Very excited to have you here. Um, we want you, even though we have the bio here, we would love for you to tell our listeners how you got to be where you are today. Sure. Well, where am I today? That's the question. Where are you? Where's anyone today? Um, all right. So, well, today I am a dating coach for shy men. So my podcast helps guys uh, whether they're shy or not shy, but just want to learn about how to meet and attract women, do it in a more natural way without any kind of sleazy pickup lines or uh, anything weird or something that doesn't speak to them. So about kind of attracting women by being your natural self and building confidence. And so I was the guy that I help now, right? I was that kind of shy dude. Um, some people might, you know, look at me and say I'm a nerd, call me Stuart, call me Fred. I don't know. 
<laughs> we did that earlier, everyone. <laughs> That's what they guess my name was. Um, but the name is Trip, and uh, it was probably on 15 years ago that I went through my own process of learning how to be more confident, build self-esteem, break through shyness, which is interesting because I'm a more extroverted person. So for me, I love to socialize and be out and about and talk to people, but it was just difficult for me to do it because I was always scared of rejection, which is what a lot of guys who listen to my podcast are scared of as well. So I put myself through my own kind of one to two year journey of going out sober and trying to break through uh, the shyness of talking to women that I was attracted to. And I ended up seeing a lot of results fairly quickly because I put a lot of work into it. I wasn't really focused on my job at the time. I was just going out all the time. And and um, and it's funny, I always talk to a lot of guys who I coach and they say like, well, am I gonna have to go out like multiple nights a week for two years? I'm like, if you wanna be a dating coach, then yes, you'll have to you'll have to do that. But you don't need to go out that much and put that much effort in to be able to be a more confident person in your dating life. So I figured out kind of like a way to help guys that is easy and effective to be able to meet more women and do it naturally, because that's how I did it. And I started a podcast that not the one that that we've been talking about the how to talk to girls podcast, but another one who's called dudes talking about chicks. It's no longer around, but it's uh, it was fun for like a year and a half. And that's what got me started in giving dating advice. And then that ended because me and my partner split ways. He ended up having to move to another uh, city and get a whole new job and things like that. So then I decided to start a YouTube channel called trip advice and this podcast called how to talk to girls where I have been helping guys for like the last uh, well, since dudes talk about chicks for the last 10 years, helping guys with meeting women and, and understanding how women think and how dating works. And here we are today. So that's the very long story short. Mm-hmm. And why did you choose to call it how to talk to girls? Why not how to talk to women or or yes, I'm curious. Because when I when I first started trying to advertise my services as a dating coach, I started my YouTube channel before I started my my current podcast, right? So my first podcast, Dudes Talking About Chicks, ended. Then I was like, oh, I should start something else. You know what? Let's start a YouTube channel because I didn't really know how to start the podcast because my my partner at the time, he was the one who set all that stuff up. And as you girls know, it's uh, it's a little bit technically challenging if you don't know what you're doing to just get it started. So I decided to start a YouTube channel instead. And when I was doing it, I did that for a few years. And then I was like, okay, I want to start my podcast. And I was like, well, what should I call it? I was like, well, what will gain the attention? I'm like, well, if I call it trip advice, no one's going to know what trip advice is. They're just going to think it's about like vacation advice or traveling or something. (laughs) And that's not true. Um, And so I was like, well, let's call it something that really speaks to people. I said, well, let's look at my YouTube channel and let's see some of my biggest videos. And so at that time, my number one video was called How to Talk to Girls. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. That's what a big pain point of guys is. They don't know how to talk to girls. And I was like, well, that's perfect. I'll call it how to talk to girls. And what's amazing is a lot of guys find me because they type into a podcast search because I'm in all the different various um, uh, platforms. They type in how to talk to girls. Mine comes up. What a great fit. So that's how I came up with that. And it's interesting too, why girls, not women, 
for some reason, in terms of search algorithms, more guys put into search using the word girls than women. Mm-hmm. So yeah. whenever I do a video that has the word woman or women in it, it does, not all the time, most of the time doesn't do as well as something with the word girls. I think that's so interesting, interesting point. And actually that's, I've looked at various SEO uh, for, um, for what was it for? It wasn't for us. Was it for, you know, maybe it was for our website. Maybe it was for shameless sex and someone gave us a whole report on it and people would use the word girl often, how to make a girl squirt, how to make a girl orgasm. They were not using woman, even though I a lot of them were, you know, 18 and up and, and being intimate with women. So that's, that's interesting that you, uh, and that's a smart, I, smart choice on your behalf that it's just what people are uh, responding to. Yeah. I think maybe it's cause when uh, this is just a theory is like using the word woman, it feels like too old. Like it's like, it feels too much older. Like it's almost like too ma- mature. So it's like feels more natural to use the word girl, not because they're looking for something young per se, but because the word girl just seems more common. And it's like when you type in woman, it feels like, oh, that's, well, that's someone who's much older, mm-hmm. you know? And so maybe it wouldn't fit. I don't know. Or maybe it just rolls off the tongue more to say girl. That's how I feel about being called ma'am. I'm like, I am not a ma'am yet in yeah. my life. Can I just have miss until... Until I'm at least 75. Thanks. In 30 years, I'll change my podcast to how to talk to mams. Mams, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and then I, I think I'm curious about, about how much it actually speaks to how um, men are identifying in, in at that time too. You know, they're identifying with, okay, I'm, you know, I'm shy. I feel inexperienced. I feel timid. So maybe I identify more with uh, approaching girls as opposed to women. Women might feel a little more, I don't know. Yeah, intimidating. And maybe yeah. so. Maybe it's not old, like they're fifty or sixty. Now the fifty is old, everyone. But you know, maybe. It, but maybe not, it's not an innocent age thing. It's a maturity and and more experience level thing. If it makes sense. Yeah. Women uh, are other like actually gendered for women. Like if I'm searching for something, I won't look for girls. But you're catering to. I'm assuming a lot of hetero cis men. Is this? Yes. Is this accurate? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. So it makes sense. I mean, yeah. That, and then I also noticed with I love love the titles of your podcast episodes. Um, they remind us because we have our podcast episodes here as well that are like how to suck dick like a boss. And you know the podcast is about how to suck dick, but the the title itself sells because people are like fuck yeah I want to learn how to suck dick like a boss. So you have things called the lazy man's shortcut to getting laid, and another one like this unfair advantage gets any chick you want. Written in a, in a way that you know, for a feminist woman over here, might be like hmm, a little broy and suggest some games and hacks. Um, and what I'm gathering from what you're speaking to is you actually they are very educational and they are speaking to doing the work. And it's not just like, yeah, bro, here's some ways to get you laid. Yeah, that's the funny thing is like I do have some pretty could be crass titles i mean i never using words like slut like how to get a slut to suck no. your dick because she sucks we wouldn't be dick. podcasting with you if that was the case <laughs> you know what i mean it's never like uh negative but yeah they are they are kind of intense a little crass but i want people to click and i want them to listen you know what i'm saying so i've never really had too many people maybe because they wouldn't or they're scared to say it to me be like that's sleazy, you know, da, 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 da. And if, if I ever really had someone say that, I'd say, you know what, List, watch and listen first yeah. before you judge the book by its, by its cover. For example, I, I'm going to put out a video 
called How to Undo a Girl's Bra on, on Sunday on my YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, I, I did, I did, where do I start this story? <laughs> I was in a Facebook group where I told of other coaches where I said, Hey, I'm going to do this video. I was kind of fucking with them a little bit. Cause I knew that they would react to it. And I was like, I'm going to put out this video. Like, what do you, what do you guys think? And the reaction was so intense. They're like, why are you putting that video? You know, it's coming from a lot of people, like mostly women. Why are you putting that video out? Like, that's not the stuff like guys need to learn. Like it's superficial, it's immature. And so I was like, well, what's, what's wrong with that? Like, why shouldn't a guy learn how to undo a girl's bra? Like, don't you want to be with a guy who is confident and not fumbling in the bedroom? Or do you want a guy who's just completely not knowing what he's doing? I'd hope you want someone who knows what he's doing. Like, isn't that way better of an experience? But either way, what's interesting about the video itself is it's maybe like six minutes long. And for the first half of it, I'm talking about consent. Mm-hmm. So for three minutes of the six minutes, I'm talking about consent of like consensually asking a girl to take off her bra mm-hmm. and not forcing it off. Mm-hmm. So, and I have a lot of stuff like that where, a I don't know a feminist or someone who can get easily offended by my titles might be like oh okay I see what this guy's doing he's just trying to get a bunch of guys laid but really you're not listening to what's going on Mm -hmm. because I am very much I mean I don't know if I'm a feminist I'm like a humanist I don't believe in I believe in equality between the sexes and I believe everyone should be happy and I don't think anyone's better or worse than each other Um, but when you listen to my stuff it's all about doing the things that will turn a woman on and make her feel comfortable and want to have sex with you, right? Like I just was talking about in a recent episode about prostitution. I was like, listen, if you want to buy a prostitute, that's up to you. But isn't it just way better when you're like having sex with a girl and she really wants to have it? I was like, in my opinion, even though I've never had a prostitute before, but I can just guess it's much better to be with a woman who actually enjoys and wants to have sex with you, right? So it's like all my stuff, I'm like, if people think I'm helping men, I'm really helping women because I'm creating amazing men that women will love, get turned on by and get into amazing relationships or have amazing casual sexual relationships with. Mm -hmm. So that's what my stuff is all about. So any women who are listening that are interested in, in hearing more about that, they can check out the uh, the podcast. But I know it's just a little more geared towards men. What's up, Shameless Sex Fam? Is your sex life important to you? Hmm. What about your relationships? And also, let me ask you this. Who can relate to this story? Things were once so good in the bedroom with my partner, and now it's a mess, and I don't know what to do. Where's or, my happily ever after, yeah, where's Amy? My ha- yeah, yeah, what about me? Or how about so many aspects of my life are fantastic, but when it comes to sex and relationships, I feel so lost. Yep, been there. Uh, mm-hmm. Me too. Mm-hmm. And this is why you all need Shameless Sex, the, the book. book. We give you simple, simple solutions and a framework that you can use. You can customize it to you. Yes, you gives you the tools, the right tools for your sex and relationship. So you get what you desire and it's fun. It's playful. Right, Amy? We're always playful. It's kind of sexy. And did I mention how easy we make it for you? You have to check out Shameless Sex. Plus the testimonials, they're coming in from everywhere. And this book has helped people just like you recreate and create 
the sex life of their dreams. So you can do it too. Go to, where are they going, Amy? Shamelesssex.com. Oh, how easy is that? Just go to shamelesssex.com and click on the book, okay? And you can get it however you choose. You, you want, want hardcover, yeah. audio. Hardcover? We got you hardly yeah. covered. <laughs> well, and I mean, we have plenty of uh, men that are listening to our podcast that, um, that say that they feel like our podcast is more geared towards women, which we try to keep it as... Um, uh, inclusive as possible, but they're still listening. You know, they still want to hear those pieces. And it just reminds me of, so I did a Tantra weekend training um, and with a, and Charles Muir, there's some, mm, some consent issues going on around his company right now. But anyways, Charles Muir, who uh, teaches Tantra, he's like, in, you know, he's like 80 years old and has been teaching Tantra forever here in California. And, um, and he, he gets in front of the group of men and women. He speaks very softly. He's very like the, the lingam and the yoni and the amrita and, you know, all these things. And then they divide the genders, which I don't love, but they're like, well, the women go in this room and meet with this other woman and she'll talk about, to you about how pleasuring the men. And the men come in the other room and we'll talk about how to please the sacred yoni of women. And they go in this other room and I, my partner at the time went in the other room and he's like... He just, he said that the instructor all, just completely did a 180 and also was just like, all right, bros. You know, it's like, I know those exactly. He was like speaking their language, which was like, I remember the great fuck trout of 1985. <laughs> like, where, you know, and, and so it's just, he put on, took on this other role. And, and so I, I think that we can wear many hats and many masks and take on different roles in order to speak someone's language. And, you know, as long as the, oh, the overall message is, um, you know, helpful, is educational, is, you know, full of consent and respect, you can take on a different tone. You can use diff- even different words. So yeah, absolutely. And people need help getting laid, right? They really do. And I think that, okay, I hooked up with this guy not too long ago. It was like a couple of years ago. Amy introduced me to him. Uh, and he had that book, The Game, which we're probably, are we going to talk about The Game at all? Have you read that book? Oh yeah. A few times. So his tactics were these very bro kind of reverse psychology, you know, uh, ways. And he'd like look in the mirror when he's like, when, when we're like hooking up and I'm like, oh my God. And so I bought the book and started reading it. And I was like, wow, this is definitely catering to a specific genre of folks but then I realized maybe it's not maybe like a lot of hetero men it's like the bro-y kind of conversation that's happening in tantra this is what what they can relate to and what helps them get laid so it's also what sells though as some of you teaching uh, and we'll ask you a question I want we want to hear about your is it the TED system or um but it's I, mean, I know it's what sells us as someone who teaches in-person sexuality workshops. You know, you teach, you know, uh, Blowjob 101 and that class sells because women are much more open about like, yeah, I don't know everything. I want to learn everything. Men we see are often less likely to admit that there's room for improvement unless you sell it in a language that is, sounds either really exciting and spicy or you're speaking their language. Like, yeah, bro, I'm a bro too. So like, okay, let's talk about this. So I get it. I get it. Each class doesn't do well. Yeah, how to I mean, suck a dick yeah. does so really well. Yeah, I mean, so how to suck a, a peach? How to eat a peach is how to go down on a woman. You know how to go down on a vulva on a vulva. Yeah, and the intendance is not nearly what how to how to how to suck a dick like a boss would be. Yeah, although our, one of our other top episodes is how to eat pussy like a champ. Just saying. Okay, anyways, back to you. Back to you. 
bro. <laughs> TED system. I'm dying to know. It's an acronym. TED it stands for something. It's not like yes. a TED talk, is it? No, it's oh, not okay. like a TED talk. <laughs> Although now it is a TED talk because we're talking about TED. So here's oh, my exciting. TED talk. T stands for tension. E stands for entertainment and D stands for dominance. So these are three areas in which I believe is necessary to create attraction when you're with a woman and to create attraction when you are in a relationship and so on. Mm -hmm. So I want to be clear. It's not about creating chemistry. Chemistry is not something you can really hack into kind of is there or it's not. But I believe you can hack into attraction, right? There are certain things a guy can do and a woman can do to present themselves in a more attractive light. And so you can use that for whatever you want. You know, you can use that to have a one night stand if you want. You can use that to get into a relationship. But I teach guys, it's not about becoming something you're not. You can still be you. But we're going to just play with this idea of tension, entertainment, and dominance to create a more attractive version of you. And also, what I've created here, tension, entertainment, and dominance, Ted, is what's happening in all areas of attraction, right? It's not something that like I'm teaching these guys to do and no one else is doing because now I have the secret. No, this is my way of breaking down. This is how attraction works. So whether you've heard of Ted or not, any woman and man or man and man, woman, and woman, whatever, have gotten together, there have been elements of Ted in there. So this is my interpretation and my way of how do we explain attraction to somebody who can understand it and then practically use it to create attraction when meeting a woman? Does it work every time? No, of course not. But if you do, if you do properly learn how to use it, you will increase your chances of attracting more women that you end up talking to. Does that make sense so far? Well, are we talking like hygiene and attire? Or no, actually, actually. Um, so Ted is more of what I call. So okay, I wish I had like a chart here. I could like spell this out, but I'll, but no one's <laughs> looking anyways. So so I, there's two categories. There's outer qualities and inner qualities. Okay. Outer qualities are what you were just talking about, which is hygiene, all the outer stuff, your appearance. Um, we can even go into maybe your social status, your career, your, uh, how much money you have, right? That's all outer stuff. So that stuff is important, but then there's inner stuff. Inner stuff is TED. Okay. So that's, Again, I'll break more down what TED is in just a second, but just so people understand who are listening, right? It's like, if you're a guy and you want to increase your chances of attracting a woman, you need to optimize all your qualities, optimize your outer qualities to your best of your ability, optimize your inner qualities to your best of ability. If you do that, you'll have more success with women in dating. Now, uh, what's more important? I would say it's a little bit more important to work on your inner qualities than your outer qualities if I had to pick because I believe from what I've learned, what I've studied, what I've experienced is that your inner qualities will take you further. Okay. But on the other hand, if you want to maximize your chances of attracting all kinds of women uh, and more women, then you also want to be in the background working on your outer qualities, right? You should always be working on your health, your fitness, working out, uh, grooming, hygiene, 
having a great career, being passionate about what you do, making money, uh, you know, having a nice space to live in, like all that stuff helps for sure. And you should be working on that all the time until you die in the background. And then also simultaneously working on the inner qualities, TED. So any questions so far before I go into TED? I'm feeling confident about this. So good at going slow and asking questions. Uh, maybe we need to start doing that. <laughs> We're like, all right, we're next. We just talk really fast forever. Okay, go. <laughs> okay, so TED is tension, entertainment, and dominance. Basically, in a nutshell, tension is sexual tension. So it's about creating sexual tension with you when you're with a woman, right? So I'll give you an example of what, um, I should have a term for this, of like non-sexual tension. It's basically like a guy going up to a girl and just acting like a friend and be like, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Like you're a clown, right? You're like, hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, oh, wow, that's a really cool shirt. We should hang out sometime. Okay, cool. Oh, awesome. Oh, oh, wow. You like... um you like uh, Grey's Anatomy? I love Grey's Anatomy. Oh, you like this? Oh, I like that too. Oh, everything you like, I like. Oh, we're in agreement on everything. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, well, what do you want to do tonight? Oh, I'll do anything you want to do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Boring. No tension there, right? Like great friend, really. Though, great friend. Great. Yeah. Sounds like a great friend. I, that's what just I would want. Hug him and just like that- pet his head. Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah. You want to hug him. That's a you, friend you, zone. But you don't want his penis inside of you. Oh, hell no. no. Yeah. I want to go watch Netflix I mean, with you, I but we're not Netflix and We're not going to chill. We're not going to yeah, chill. No. We're just going to watch the Netflix. I, mean, I think history would, would show for me, maybe I would like, if I would, there's other attraction, maybe I would have his penis inside of me like once or twice before I but would be JTT, like, babe. You could JTT. No, like, just mm. like a pity. Then I'd become that person after three hours. I'm like, all right, I'm good now. Thanks. Bye. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Not sexy. Right? No, no tension there. So what is tension? Well, tension is going to be understanding how to flirt, understanding how to show a little bit of interest, but not too much. It's going to be understanding how to use your voice in a way where it's not like you have to talk really deep to a girl and attract her like this, but at least you're not talking like this. And everything you say is just like a, it ends in this like, Hey, how are you? Oh, good. You know? Oh, okay. It's like this, it's called breaking rapport tonality when you're just kind of talking to them in a way where it's a little more confident, a little more stern. Like, you know what you're saying, like you're not nervous. So in order to create some of that tension, you have to be really comfortable in front of women. You have to be okay with pushing the boundaries of being able to flirt, throwing a compliment, uh, feeling comfortable getting physical with them and being able to look them in the eye. I mean, simple like body language things that most guys don't do is like a lot of guys, if they go and approach a woman, I wish this was video, but I'm going to do again my best to describe this with audio. Imagine going up to a person and you're a little bit more 45 degree angle shoulder to shoulder. Okay. So that's one way. Now, the way that you should be approaching someone is like you're looking into a mirror where the shoulders, both your shoulders are mirroring each other. You're facing somebody, right? Even that alone creates tension. Like if we're standing five feet away from each other and then three feet, and then one foot, you can actually feel the tension change as we're getting closer to to each other, right? So it's about creating that physical tension and that emotional tension and that sexual tension. I go way deeper into this, into my book and my program and things like that, but that's tension. Hmm. Flirting, just if you want to just keep it really simple. Entertainment. Entertainment is E. Entertainment is going into a situation where instead of trying to, a guy's always ask, how do I impress a girl? How do I get her to like me? 
how do I get her to be interested in me? Wrong questions. You should be asking, how do I have a good time in the interaction that I'm in? How do I make myself have a good time? So entertainment is not entertaining her. Entertainment is entertaining yourself, okay? If you're going into an interaction, talking about the things that you want to talk about, goofing around, being silly, having fun, you're going to be showing and displaying confidence because you're going to show that you don't care what people think and you're just being the most raw version of yourself. You're also going to be going in there and you're going to be having a better time. So you're going to look like, oh, this guy's just like a happy-go-lucky guy and he's not trying to get anything from me. And that's going to be more attractive because he's just having fun. And that energy that you're giving off of just, I don't care, I'm having fun and I'm not trying to like sit here and impress you and try to get things from you is going to make that person feel more comfortable and also feel like, well, wow, that person's having a good time. Now I'm having a good time. We're all having a good time, right? So, and that's what most guys don't do. It seems very counterintuitive. Most guys think like, no, well, don't you have to like ask all these questions about them and talk to them? It's like, yeah, you can do that, but it gets really boring really fast. And and it just looks like you're just trying to get something and they're not really getting to know you. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you continue before I ask you questions. Okay. And then D is dominance, which is, stands, which is just my is synonymous with leading, right? I tell guys, you want to lead the interaction. You want to be the one who approaches the girl. You want to be the one who asks her out, gets her number. You want to be the one who sets up the date. You want to be the one to pick the place. You want to be the one to go for the kiss. You want to be the one to lead her into the bedroom. You want to be the one to ask her into a relationship. You want to be the one to ask her to marry you. Of course, that's way far down the line. What I'm saying is it's your job as the man because it's more attractive when a man is leading that stuff. I'm not saying a woman shouldn't do that. But what I am saying is if a guy doesn't do that, nothing is going to happen. Unless you are just like, you know, right place, right time, and you just happen to be a very good looking guy and women are coming up to you. And even then, that doesn't always happen. So if you're not taking the lead and you're waiting for her to do it, good luck in the dating world. It's probably not going to happen. So you have to do it because it's not going to happen. But also, I always say to guys like double whammy here, doing it just the act of leading is not because women are lazy, but they're actually attracted to that. They are attracted to a guy who's taking charge and taking control that is very attractive to a woman. So that's why you do that. So we combine all three of these things. It's not a linear process. Like first you do T, then you do E, then you do D. It's just all about you're simultaneously creating sexual tension, entertaining yourself and leading the interaction. And you're talking- Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yes, that is, and, but you're, and you're talking about initial interactions. So this is, you're speaking to dating and flirting initial. So this, you're not saying like, even in a long-term relationship, a man should always lead everything to be, stay attractive. Well, um, a, I do believe that it, it still does work in a relationship. It's just a little bit different. Like if you're not doing TED in a relationship, it's probably going to be a failure. Okay. I'm not, but the thing is, is in the courtship process, see, the thing is, is I feel like women are doing their own thing to attract men. Okay. I'm not a dating coach for women. I can't really speak as well to women, but I know that they're doing their part. Men are doing their part. And if they're two people are doing their parts, right, they will come together 
and they will be attracted to each other. Maybe there'll be chemistry. Maybe there'll be, maybe they'll have sex. Maybe they'll even get into a relationship, maybe get married. So I believe a man should still be doing TED in a relationship. However, there's still parts for a woman where she needs to be doing her part too. There are going to be times when a woman has to create sexual tension or hopefully a woman is being uh, entertaining and bringing her own fun to the relationship and to the interaction. And a woman should be leading in some cases in a relationship. You know, I'd, I'd hope it wouldn't be completely one-sided where a guy is doing all of the leading and work. If a woman isn't doing that, uh, then that there seems to be a problem. But beyond comparing it to what a woman should do, I do believe a man should be also doing that in the relationship. Okay, y'all, time for a quick break. This podcast is made possible by some of our favorite things. Uberlube is one of them. It's a luxurious lubricant great for all kinds of sex. It's less likely to throw off your pH than most other lubes. Seriously? There are hundreds of doctors who recommend Uberlube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks who are experiencing dryness. Amy, I know you love Uberlube too. What do you love? I love Uberlube because it has no flavor, no scent, and it feels absolutely amazing on my body. In fact, I want it everywhere. I even use it in my hair for my hair frizzies, for massage, and it can also prevent chafing. Oh, and the bottle is gorgeous. It's discreet and looks like a beautiful cosmetic product, so you can leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, go check out uberlube.com. Use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX and you get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com, code SHAMELESSSEX and 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that helps you add more sexy things to your menu. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made tasteful and inspiring short videos to show you techniques on how to pleasure yourself or another vulva. Amy, tell us why you love OMGS. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it has changed their lives. Whether you're already having good orgasms and want to have even better orgasms, or perhaps you want to explore more variety in your playtime or even learn how to pleasure someone else's vulva, OMGS will have something for you. With two seasons, one all about internal and the other all about external techniques, it's better than any book or DVD that money can buy. To learn more, visit omgs.com backslash shameless and our listeners get $5 off. That's omgs.com backslash shameless. You get $5 off. Go check it out now. And back to the show. Another question for you, Trip, uh, which this is all such, I actually am really digging your advice, by the way. I think it's, I think it's helpful and it's, you're doing it in a way that is, I get like the catchy phrases of some of the titles that you're putting out there. We, I mean, we do the similar things just because it draws more attention. I just think that this, this TED system, I, I could see it really working. And, uh, and I think as a cut and paste mold for a lot of folks, but what about flirting? Because flirting, there's an art to flirting as well. And I'm sure you have some tips to share. Um, I'm curious what you have to say about flirting. Flirting is, so flirting is the mating dance between a man and a woman, right? So there's, flirting is going to be this combination of what's like a called push pull, right? Showing interest, but also not showing 
too much interest, okay? If you show too much interest, it comes off a little needy, a little desperate, not attractive. If you show no interest, well, then nothing's going to happen. And you're, there's no point. You're just kind of, you're going to be in the friend zone at that point, right? So, you know, I'd say you want to balance both of those. So you don't want to be complimenting a woman so much because then it kind of kills it. It's like, it sounds like you're just doing this to get something, but like once in a while you throw something in there or uh, I'd say flirting is eye contact is one of the biggest things of flirting, right? Being able to look a girl in her eye and be able to talk to her. There's times when you want to be funny. There's times you want to be serious. Okay. There's times when you want to ask her questions that are more deep and about herself that you want to get to know. And so all of that shows kind of this interest, but it's not necessarily so overt. And also flirting is going to be showing interest by just the act of asking her out or the act of, um, of let's say when you meet a girl at a bar, I always tell guys, if you want to meet a girl at a bar, for example, or even could be during the day, like at a grocery store, try and move her around a little bit, right? You don't need to have like a, a 20 minute conversation right there, like continue it somewhere else. So you guys can have more of an experience together. A woman gets more invested in a man, the more that they spend time with each other. So this is kind of an area of flirting too. So let's say you meet a girl at a grocery store. You guys are talking for 20 minutes. You say, you know what? Listen, I was about to go get a cup of coffee. Why don't we finish this conversation? You can come with me. She says, yes, great. She says, no, grab her number. Try to meet up with her another time. If you're at a bar and you meet a girl, right? Common place where people meet people. You can talk to her and say, um, hey, you know what? I was about to go grab some water or grab a beer. You want to come with me to the bar? You know, it's kind of loud in here. Do you want to step outside real quick and continue this conversation? Moving her around a little bit. So always being, again, this is, it's interesting how like I'm talking about tension and flirting, but in a weird way, dominance and leading is sort of interconnected with it too, because the leading in itself is flirtatious. Does that make sense? So that's kind of like a, a little broad overview. Also, I always tell guys, don't be so agreeable. Remember I was making that joke like before and I was like, oh yeah, oh, I like that too. I like that too. You're lying. It's funny because people say some dating advice is really manipulative. I think people are already manipulative without even trying. I think guys are already being manipulative by just doing anything they can to get into a girl's pants. Oh yeah, I like that. I agree agree with that and this. And it doesn't even work half the time. So you want to create that tension by just being honest. If you don't like something, don't just say you don't like it. Say you hate it. That, so that's my way of kind of like teaching them, like be a little bit more polarized and that creates more tension that's more flirtatious. So let's say you're like, hey, what, what kind of music do you like? And she's like, oh, I just, I love country music. I went to some country concert the other week. You look in the eyes, you go, oh my God, I absolutely, and you big, big smile on your face. You go, I absolutely hate country music. All right, you know what? You have to convince me right now in the next minute why I should like country music. See how different that is and how that builds more tension than being like, oh, yeah, I, I like country music. Oh, what do you listen to? Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I don't really listen to that much, but I probably should. I probably should listen to more because it sounds like it's really good. Yeah, I'll go home and I'll listen to some more country music. I'm obviously exaggerating a little bit. Obviously, people don't really talk like that, but that is kind of an idea some of how guys do. are doing Hey, that. everyone's different. Some people do. I, so is this mostly, this is a tactic to get laid or is this also to 
enter into a relationship because I feel like both. No. Okay. All of the above. All of it. Okay. Both. I, it's it's here's here's the information of how attraction works. You do it with it whatever you want. You want to just I don't I don't I don't tell guys I don't think it's wrong to just sleep with a woman and and just have casual relationships. That's fine. It, it, but it also works for it's not like a technique that works. It's like this is what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm just explaining how it just is. Does that make sense? Like this is what's happening. Some guys I just aren't naturally that. like I'm that way. I'm just going to try your tactics now. <laughs> now you have five. I, I go, what are you talking about? See how that got my attention more? Yeah, this is why half the country hates Trump and half the country loves Trump because he's polarizing. <laughs> he takes a stance Absolutely. on his things. He's like, nah, fuck the Mexicans. Build a wall. Half the people are like, holy shit. What? Did you just say another half are like, oh, amazing. Let's build a wall. You know what I'm saying? It's like, being polarizing is going to be more interesting and help you create more attraction. I'm not saying you'd be racist, <laughs> you know, but what I'm saying is most guys are just boring, nice guys who I'm not saying those guys can never get a girl. Maybe they'll get a girl sometime, possibly. If they do, probably not the one they really want. So learn how to get in touch with who you really are and not be afraid to express that. That in itself is polarizing. So what I tell guys, we're not changing who you are. We're upgrading you. So it's not trip. uh, It's not like we're turning trip into Stuart, but we're going trip into trip Mm 2.0. So he's already trip. He's just tapping deeper into who trip is. Yeah. And, uh, and maybe learning some various skills to enhance what is already possible or there. I think most guys are actually pretty, I think most people, are pretty interesting people, mm-hmm. but they just don't allow themselves to be that way because they're afraid of because they have low self esteem. They think they're pieces of shit and are fear uh, are afraid of rejection, mm-hmm. right? But you got to be okay with hey, listen, this is who I am. Some people are gonna like it and some people aren't. I don't care. I love myself, and if I find someone else who likes that too, bingo. Mm-hmm. Well, and, as in, I think what you're speaking to, there's a. There's a lot, I mean, you, you, there's a lot of generalizations about the way, the way people are. And so I can, I can say that there's some, some of what you're saying, I, if I think of myself in the dating world, men talking to me, I'm like, yeah, no, that would totally work. Now the example about like, oh, I hate country music. The way that you responded by adding a smile to it and making an interactive experience, um, totally i was like okay no that would, that would work for me and if somebody if someone were to outright just say like oh, i hate that like that's not my thing or you know then that as someone you know uppity positive californian girl such as myself doesn't like that kind of language i'm but if you make it into a conversation piece and you know it's coming from the authentic place then uh i i can get on board for that so not to throw more terms out because i know we're already getting really confused with a lot of terms i've been using but that's called charisma Okay. Someone who's not charismatic is going to go, Oh, country music. I fucking hate country music. And by the way, you guys who are listening can't see my face, but it's like a big sour face. Doesn't I love disgust. And it's like, Whoa, this got really weird. You know what I mean? It's like, this guy really doesn't like country music. But, and again, I'm not saying we're, 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 we're pretending here as if you actually don't like country music, but there's two ways to respond. The I'm actually like grossed out. And now this is a weird conversation and you're being awkward or the, like you said, you were more comfortable because I'm smiling and I'm having a good time with it. I still don't like country music, but I'm not going to make you feel like shit about it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's just being more charismatic. 
that's a little bit more advanced when it comes to that, because most people won't do that because they don't really understand how to be charismatic because they're not comfortable yet with socializing. So that comes with time. And can you talk a little bit about balance is really important here. Obviously, you don't want to appear to be an asshole. So can you tell us how um, folks can, particularly men, I guess, for this podcast sake, um, how they can stay in balance, not appear too cocky, not appear too controlling, too dominant, stay balanced in this situation? Well, I think it's just first the awareness of that you have to have a balance, right? So... If you don't have that awareness, you're not going to understand what the balance is. So just understand, you know, if here's the, here's the, here's the thing. If you're too much of an asshole, you can still attract women, but you're, you're first of all, treating people like shit. And that just kind of sucks. Like, is that the way you want to do that? Um, but also that's what they say. Nice guys finish last. Cause they're like, Oh, once the girls have had their assholes, then they're going to want to go with it. That's funny. I just can't <laughs> then, stop picturing them eating their assholes. So. I know. <laughs> once, once the girls have had their... Look who's on top now, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, once, once girls have been like, oh, I don't want to... Ask. Here's, here's the problem. We tell guys, just be nice. And the nice guys are like, okay, I'm being nice. It's not getting me anywhere. But then what happens is maybe they do get a girl finally, who's like, I'm tired of being with the bad boy asshole. And then they go with that guy, but then she ends up breaking up with him because he's too nice. Okay. So it's what I say is it's not about being mean or nice. It's just about being a guy who is a good person, right? You're a good person. You're not treating someone like shit, but you're also, you have an edge to you where you're not letting people step all over you. So you have this kind of mixture of what would be called like alpha and beta qualities. It's like you're a guy who you are not going to be super nice guy, agreeable all the time. And okay, well, let's just do whatever you want to do and just cater to the woman 100% because the woman is not going to be attracted to that. And also you're just not going to be happy being like that anyways. But um, so yeah, you don't want to be that. But you also don't want to be on the other edge where you're just dominating, taking control the whole time and saying, hey, we're doing this and you have no regard for the woman. So you got to be a guy who is comfortable in himself, confident in himself, making decisions, taking the lead, but also making sure that while you're doing that, you're not stepping on other people's feet to do it. That would be one way to describe that. So it's like a nice guy with an edge. That's kind of the balance there. You're a guy who knows what he wants and going after what he wants. That's more of like the alpha male kind of characteristic, right? That's like you're doing what you want because you have your own life and you respect yourself. But you're also, um, I guess I'm just repeating myself at this point, just not doing it at the cost of others. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Is that is that clear? That yeah, that's 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 helpful. And I think what happens a lot of times when people are working on themselves, they uh, they're like, okay, I'm the super nice guy. A lot of times, I'm I'm wondering, I guess you can clarify that if you see this in your work. Sometimes they can go on the opposite side of the spectrum. It's like I, I can speak for myself too when I'm working on a part of myself, like the you know Amy, the independent, self sufficient, who's trying to work on. Um, asking for help and taking more, more energetic and emotional space. And sometimes I've gone on the other side. I'm just like, it's all about Amy now. And so I'm just wondering if, 
you see that with some people where um, they, they often jump to the other side. They are become like the overly, oh, cocky, dominant, all those things. And then part of that is their journey to get into balance, uh, I would imagine, could happen sometimes for some folks. I mean, with the guys that listen to my podcast or come to me for coaching or help, they're so far on the other end of the spectrum of nice guy and accommodating and kind of like emotional weakness and low self-esteem that I really got to push them to the other side. Yeah. Like it's, it's not in their nature. It's like not in their DNA to be the kind of alpha bad boy badass. And they'll never get there. And that's fine. They don't have to go to the far end of the spectrum. But I never have to like, I never, I've never had an issue where I have to calm them down. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa you went too far. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. we're not pushing them far enough. So um, I'm trying to think. Like a lot, of, a lot of the work that I do is I'm trying to get guys. So let's talk about D for a second. Like the dominance in TED. Not the dick. We're talking about dick. Like, well, okay. we kind of are. In, in a sense, we are talking. About We're dick. talking about the dick. The dick. The so, dick. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 dominance factor, the leading portion, is that I gotta really push them to take the lead. They're really scared to do that because they're so afraid of rejection. So I gotta tell them to like make moves like they won't make moves like they will not go for the approach they won't go for the kiss they won't do anything right and so of course I always say like get consent but like for a guy like that consent is the least of his worries like he's never going to go so far to the point where he's gonna you know for really strong terms here rape a girl like that guy won't do that. It's just not in his DNA. He'll never go that far. So it's like funny. Some people have come to me and saying like, what, you're just telling guys to like, to go and just kiss girls and just like, and touch them. And it's like, yes, because if you don't tell them to do it, they're not going to do it at all. And trust me, they're not going to be doing it in the creepy way where you've experienced because women have only experienced the guys who are too much or have crossed the line. They have not experienced any of the other guys because those guys aren't doing any of that stuff. They're not in their realm, you know? So I have to kind of push them and let them know, like, it's okay. And by the way, women like sex. That's a mind-blowing factor to them that I have oh, to teach them. I thought they were all frigid and and they just they were just wanted to snuggle. Uh, well, one thing I wanted to come before we wrap this up and um, and you can remind our listeners how they can find you. But so I, I want to talk to you about when um, the consent piece and when... Um, I use the word men because I typically am interested in dating men um, that they, um, and as opposed to boys, by the way, is what I was explaining. Um, and that uh, with the consent piece, before I've ever touched or been touched by someone, when um, men ask me when they say, I really want to kiss you right now, can I kiss you? I've heard there's this, this debate that that's not strong enough or hot enough. I'm totally fucking into it. To me, it shows me that one, that they want me and they desire me to, that they respect me. And three, they are taking initiative because they're asking for what they want. Um, as, a, as opposed to them just diving right in. Do you have anything that you'd like to say about that? 100% agree with that. I tell guys the same thing because I talk about consent a lot when I talk about sex. I even told you earlier, I have a video call how to take a, off a girl's bra. Mm-hmm. I guarantee there's no guys asking for consent before they do that. I can almost no. guarantee <laughs> nine out of 10 guys are not doing that. And 
I'm not saying that's a bad thing or a good thing. I'm just saying that's probably what's happening. And I'm telling guys, like, you might as well do it. And even beyond that, when having sex, and I always ask for consent. There was a period where I didn't because I didn't, I was just unaware it was, that that was something you needed to do. I wasn't forcing anyone, but I was just going along and having sex and, you know, oh, should I get a condom? Like, that's kind of one way of asking for consent but it would just kind of happen naturally. And then I realized, okay, wait, consent is really important. I should do this. I should especially do this if we've been drinking. So I've done it and I've never had a bad experience with it. So I tell guys all the time, no girl is going to be like, you killed the mood. Good job. You know what I mean? <laughs> and completely reject you. So um, no, I'm all for it. Guys should do it. And it doesn't kill the mood. And yes, I think it turns a girl on more because just like you said, it's like, oh, it's like he's because because you know what happens? You know what you're saying when you're not asking for consent? You're actually saying to them, I'm scared of rejection. Mm-hmm. But if you're a guy who's like asking that, it just shows the girl that you're open for her to say no. You're giving her the opportunity to say no. So it shows that you don't care, which in, inherently is more attractive. So. And I'd like to just also the right thing to do, of course, all of these um, folks that are hopefully listening from your podcast listenership. uh, Don't get grossed out by women's periods. Seriously, it's natural. I get so annoyed with that shit. When I was single, I was like, yeah, I have my period. So we can do other stuff. There's a tampoon up there. Okay, (laughs) what do you want? We can do other things. It's like, come on. There's so I I hope you're giving that advice, too. And if you're not, I hope you will. (laughs) Um, I. Wow, that came out of the blue. Um, I know it did. I just I to, I was thinking about that because some of your shit this was is about- what you can expect when we go on your podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. We'll go into it. No, I don't talk about periods. No reason. And you know, what I think it we is will, when, 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 it, when it comes to like periods. I think when you're younger, when you're like in high school and in college and maybe your early 20s, you're like new to it all and you're like, oh, blood out of the vagina. This is just, I'm not used to this. This is all weird. I think as you get older, you don't care anymore. I think yeah. for younger guys and immature guys, it tends to be like a thing because it's, oh, that's funny. Well, oh, she's I'm also sure. not saying that they have to like lick it no. or have it on their bodies or even still like ha- have sex. Or she's just saying like, if I say the word period, don't get all weird. Don't go, ew. Like, I always, it's always funny. Yeah. I just, I think that is hot when, when, uh, when kind of men that I've like been with yeah. or even talking to them about it. And they're like, oh yeah, cool. I'll get you some tampons if you need it. You know, I'm like, you're awesome. How's like, your flow? Are yeah. you PMS? I didn't mean to take it to this direction, but just a lot of the advice, I feel like the, the people that are listening out there, like they, they could also use little tidbits of advice from uh, women that were single in the, in the game. Are we going to talk about periods next week? Cause we could do that. Yeah, we, we can, can. period and sex. We can, talk, we can talk about all these. Don't make the whole yeah. thing about periods, though. If, just- <laughs> and if you are listening out there, wait, can you please tell our listeners how to find you, Trip, and your plugs, social plugs? Sure. Well, plugs. you're listening on a podcast. It's going to be easy for you to find another podcast. So if you're interested in hearing more of the Trip advice, you can go to How to Talk to Girls podcast. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, how to talk to girls. And then if you're like, well, I just kind of want like more from you and I want to buy your stuff. Well, then you can just go to tripadvice.com, which is the hub for everything. You can find the link to the podcast, my book, my program, and a link for coaching as well if you want to get a little bit deeper. So how to talk to girls is the podcast. Trip Advice with two Ps is the website with all the links. And go check him out. We're going to be on his show very soon as well. Trip, you've been 
such a great guest. I've Thank enjoyed you. all of what you've shared. It's different. I'm thinking outside the box now, out of my own box, out of my, maybe my vaginal box. <laughs> and I'm, 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 I'm becoming a penis. Okay. I'm there. So I'm going to work, work here. My work here is done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did it. Damn it. It worked on us too. <laughs> yes, it did. Well, thank you for tuning in to our listeners out there. Thank you, Trip, for all of your awesome advice. Uh, I'm definitely checking out your YouTube channel. After we get over this interview, I'm going to log in and, and your sound is amazing. Live videos. Oh, and you do live videos. Did you talk about that at all? Can you oh, share? I do live videos. I do a live show on YouTube every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central. So of the time recording this, it's two hours before the 7 p.m. Uh, and I also take calls. That's cool. People get to call in and, and ask questions. And so, so if you ladies are around and you can tune in and later in the hour, like more towards seven. So for you, you're in Santa Cruz. So it'd be uh, like 545-ish. You'll hear me talking to people who are calling in and seeing what these guys who I've been talking about, what they're all about and what they're asking. So Awesome. Check it out on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah, You're inspiring. You're inspiring us too. All right, y'all. We absolutely love our listeners. Thank you for being part of the shameless sex revolution. We love you. We'll see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.